Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello and welcome to John Richardson and the Future Nought Series 5, Episode 8. It's a listener feedback special. <laughs> oh, the excitement. I kind of I can't control myself. Yeah, think of it as a sort of um a sort of COVID inquiry for the podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty, is it? Like some of the feedback's really rough. We're here to learn lessons. Yes. This isn't about attributing blame. This is about learning lessons. And doing things differently. It's Ed's fault. Yeah. Just let's get it clear from the beginning. Whatever's wrong is Ed's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the things he's called you. <laughs> uh, only off the record. Incompetent fuck quantum pig. <laughs> um, there's a swear straight away. That'll annoy Martin. <laughs> How are you both? It's uh, Ed Gillespie and Mark Stevenson, as if you didn't know. Uh Yes. Um, Mark, you wanted to start uh, on a particularly sweet manner on our WhatsApp. Um, I was drunk. I apologise. I shouldn't have sent the, the WhatsApp. It was 11.30. <laughs> ah, it says, can we talk about how proud I am of Ed? You've changed your mind? No. He's sobered up now. So the kind of, <laughs> in the clarity of the cold, frosty light of morning, he's like, oh, I didn't really mean that. No, I yeah. did. I did, actually. I know I had, I had a really lovely moment yesterday. So so Ed has done a lot of work with this thing called the Forward Institute, which is all about responsible leadership and working with lots of leaders in, um, in, in, in all sorts of businesses. And uh, I've always been a bit jealous of it, really, because um, uh, they've never invited me. And, uh, and That's anyway, not yeah. true. We have invited you. You've, you've now spoken twice to the Forward Institute. Okay, right. Well, anyway... <laughs> you're you're on a very thin ice here. I can take it all back. Uh, <laughs> so, and anyway, so I, they actually actually asked me to go yesterday and open up this new kind of uh, thing that they're doing and, and and be provocative. And anyway, I spent the day. Then it was lovely and had a great time. And um and then throughout the day, you know, met lots of people. And at the end, they they brought back um some fellows who'd been through this program before. And one of them was um, the uh, is he the operations manager for EasyJet? He's, a, he's yeah. a, well director of flight operations, director of flight operations for EasyJet, and also you know, and also a pilot himself. And uh, he spoke about how basically he come into this program. He'd met a lot of people, realised that his view of the world wasn't probably the view of the world that was required to make it better. And he said in particular, uh, you know, it was Ed Gillespie who kind of really challenged me on things. And then as a result of that, he went back and said EasyJet's going to be the first net zero airline. And you know we put a 
stake in the ground and, and nobody can go back from that. And it was basically because of Ed. I just sat there and thought, "There's that's my mate Ed, who's basically taking an airline. Somebody definitely doesn't want to hear anything about climate change and turn them around into sort of climate advocates. And he does that all the time. And I was just incredibly proud of him and very pleased to be his friend and see his work sort of blossoming in front of me rather beautifully. Well done, oh. mate. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the credit goes to, obviously, Captain Morgan, um, who is brilliantly the, named. <laughs> That's his name. That is, no, not, not the rum you drank while you were... Not the rum, yeah, bed. exactly. It's not the rum you had last night, which made you all squiffy and sentimental about my work. Yes. Um, no, it's, it's Captain David Morgan, who is uh, Director of Flight Operations at EasyJet. And he's, yeah, he's an amazing man, because he said, I basically had this epiphany that my industry was like the new tobacco. Um, mm. And also his lived experience of being a veteran pilot um, was that as he was flying, he was observing more extreme weather. Um, he was actually experiencing, you know, more turbulence, more storms. You know, his 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 airtime had got more a little bit more bumpy. Mm. That's interesting. I had never sort of encountered that side of it before. Yeah, he's taken that back into EasyJet and really used it as a source of inspiration and provocation um, to the rest of the business. You know, hey, I mean, I you know, I don't really fly, so it was always going to be an interesting chat between he and I. But I mean, he's done the heavy lifting. I just uh, gave him some fairly sharp and difficult questions to try and answer. <laughs> and you've also been doing the same with insurers, have you, this week? Yeah, I was up in a tower in the city of London talking about COP28 um, and the insurance to a bunch of insurance and risk people. Um, he was sort <laughs> of caught. Well, I know, I know. And because, you know, we, we are sort of sleepwalking into the risk of an uninsurable world. Mm. Um, and uh, the insurance industry is still stuck in this sort of doom loop. I mean, slightly less so in the UK, but not entirely. But the American insurance industry is still heavily vested in fossil fuels and underwriting new fossil fuels. Um, and we've still got that happening in the city of London as well, where, you know, these f the insurance firms are underwriting new fossil fuel infrastructure. Mm. So they're essentially making it possible to do more fossil fuel infrastructure. Um, and at the same time, they're getting absolutely kicked in the ass by the you know, huge increases in losses. I mean, the losses to the insurance industry globally are up 50% in the first half of 2023 on the 10-year average, 50%. You and know, that's because uh, of cli extreme climate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was $5 billion uh, a year, I think, uh, 10 years ago. And it's, you know, it's it's 50 to $100 billion a year now. It's like, it's, it's massive. And th there's a sort of systemic, you know, resistance within that industry to really confront that and look it in the eye. Because what's now happening is you're getting places where, their premiums are becoming unserviceable. So, you know, they're starting to cotton on. They've done their analysis and said, okay, well, you guys, you know, are in the floodplain or this has become, as it has in California and in parts of Australia, you know, a terrible wildfire zone. So, by the way, because you've got a high risk of going up in flames, your premium is going to get really high, which means people then can't afford their premiums, so they stop paying them. So they're uninsured. Um, and if, if people can't pay the insurance premiums on their houses, then um, the value of those properties goes down. And, and then people start to foreclose on their mortgages uh, because they've, you know, they've bought at one price, but then their house has been massively devalued. And then the bank is left to pick up what's left over at the end, which is exactly what happened in 2007, 2008 with the you know, financial crisis then, with the overstretch. So there is this sort of terrible 
doom loop momentum building with the industry still standing there blinking going oh, i'm not quite sure what we should do about this yeah i mean they're basically as i've explained to them a generational ponzi scheme <laughs> well yeah that's, a, that's a, a slightly more erudite way of putting it i've explained the long way around but yeah 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 if you you should have just asked me what ed's been doing john i'm far quicker at it <laughs> so incumbent on the insurance industry to invest its money differently yeah of course it is. I mean, it's, there's all sorts of things they should be doing. I mean, what is the purpose of insurance? The purpose of insurance is to manage risk in a shared way. So, you know, it is a collective endeavor. And of course, they should be putting their money into things which are helping to reduce their future risk, i.e. so not investing it in fossil fuels, but investing it in sustainable housing in the right places and, you know, and using their property portfolio influence to change the way developments are, are, are built and made. But equally, I mean, there's some really nuts and bolts stuff, which they're still not doing, which is, you know, when someone's house gets flooded... Do they incentivize when they pay out on that particular policy to make the place resilient, you know, to the next flood? No, they don't, actually, gobsmackingly. Um, and at the same time, you know, if someone's got boiler insurance, you know, and the boiler blows up, do they say, well, have you thought about a heat pump? No, they just replace it with another gas boiler. So there's some really mind-numbingly simple stuff they could be doing. Mm. Yeah, and actually, our old pub, you know, our community pub, the Locks Inn, is a really good example of this because it's on a floodplain. You know, we're totally cognizant of that when we bought it as a community. And one of the first things we did when we got ownership of it was to floodproof it. You know, it was to raise the steps to to ensure that it would be unlikely for water to get over the door sills into the pub. But if it did, you know, and there's a chance it will on an extreme flood event, we've moved all the plug sockets up the walls. We removed the wooden bar. You know, it's now got a brick bar. So actually, the, the pub can flood. And we can drain it again and clean it out quite easily. You can still get hammered in there. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. As the floodwaters rise. (laughs) You could stand at the bar in your wellies and still Same again, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's Frank. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's doing these things, you know. And the ins- so the industry has got to do stuff at, at big scale and small scale. Um, but most importantly, what it's got to do is join the dots. And it's not doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, and what it should also be doing is not insuring any new oil and gas. It's just, no. it's just dead simple. If you're insuring these people over here and taking their money and then also insuring people over there against climate or, you know, weather risk, then basically it's a fraud. It's, a, it's, it's a, it, By any other word, it's fraud. It's criminal. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's, it's a disgrace. And these are the people who are supposed to understand risk and supposed to have a reputation for trust and, you mm-hmm. know, probity. And they're basically fucking generational criminals shafting us up the arse in their short-term quest for a little bit of money from the oil and gas people whilst holding a gun to the planet's head. So fuck the fucking lot of them. <laughs> I think I quoted you to that effect yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Not in those words. I don't know exactly, in exactly those words. I mean, I say, what my friend Mark Stevenson would say <laughs> is this, and then it, for, it lets me off the hook for being um, potty-mouthed because I could just blame it on you. Oh, poor Martin. I'm, I'm worried for Martin. Martin. Well, you'll hear about Martin later in the readers. We'll get to Martin. Yes. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. 
The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In terms of your week, I'm reliably informed that you entered the poetry realm this week oh fuck yeah mark's mark sent me a poem now how about Mm -hmm. this this was a milestone moment so i get a message from mark yesterday morning and it's like and he sends me this it's actually a very beautiful heartfelt and poignant poem but then he he ruined it at the end he just goes you know things are really bad when i'm sending you poetry (laughs) (laughs) because mark you know what's mark's what's your line mark it's like poetry is just song lyrics without the music um, yeah, and, yeah, and it's, it's half a song. Yeah, it's half the job. But let's see, I didn't send you a poem. I sent you some lyrics I'd written on the bus on the way into the Ford Institute. No, so. you said it was a poem. Anyway, and I, I, I said, where are you going to crowbar the protracted, indulgent guitar solo into it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that between <laughs> verses two and three or verses three and four? To which my reply was, why do you assume there's only one guitar solo? (laughs) (laughs) Good for listeners who are worried that you two only have this sort of oddly affectionate but ultimately abusive relationship on the podcast (laughs) and know that this is happening by WhatsApp, it's happening face-to-face. Well, someone said that to us at the drinks reception last night. It's like, don't start arguing, you two. (laughs) We're having a drink. But we also the other person we saw speak last night that was very inspiring, I thought, was Julian Richer. Um, of of richer sounds. No, I don't know, John. Where did you buy your first stereo? Uh, Argos. Argos, right? Yeah. Have you, have you have you ever bought anything from Richer Sounds? No, it's too intimidating for me. It's <laughs> Richer Sounds is intimidating. The sort of music I listen to does not deserve to be heard in crystal clear clarity. Put it that way. <laughs> right. The sort of music I listen to should be played on a cassette on an Alba. Uh, twin deck system from 1987 that's what what it is that music well they, I, I did a uh, gig for the teenage cancer trust this week which was mm. put together by absolute radio and they asked me what the best song of all time was what do you think i said crazy frog do, do you know you're not far off <laughs> w- wigfield, wigfield saturday night i said the laughing gnome by david bowie <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's i don't know i think that justifies a bit of audiophilia it doesn't have to be played on a alba cassette deck yeah mm. no richer sounds i just it's the sort of place i've always 
wrongly assumed if I went in there, somebody would ask me about an album I'd never heard of or prog rock or something that mm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in the club of. Yeah, well, it's a good job you're not on a podcast with somebody like that. I know. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, but the thing with the thing with what Julian Richard was saying, and obviously, you know, he's built this two hundred million pound a year business over the last sort of forty or fifty years. But you know, he's just he he said we've got to make a really really sharp distinction between good and bad capitalism. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good provocation, I think, you know, because a few years ago he essentially gave sixty percent of his business to the employees. You know, he basically like handed it over. So now it's an employee-owned trust that owns the majority of the company, and and also gave like a a thousand pound a year bonus for every year of service to every employee at the same time. So he's done he's done some extraordinary things. Well, I but- think the thing that he said that was really extraordinary was he says, look, you know, it's about the tax loopholes. You know, so he's, yeah. he's created mm. a thing which is which is an organisation that's sort of you know basically saying who are the good guys and who are the bad guys that are paying their tax as a business. So you should shop with the people who pay their tax. Because he said the tax avoidance from businesses in the UK is fifty billion a year. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he, just, he just listed the things. He said, oh, this is what the prison service costs. This is what education costs. This is what he said. So you could pay for all of that and have a whole bunch of change because these people aren't paying the fucking tax. And so for a, you know, a very successful businessman to say, look, you know, I'm setting up an NGO to go and help rate organizations against how well they pay their tax. I think that's a really, it's a really interesting, you know, and he's got that entrepreneurial drive, but he hasn't just, just you know, than it to driving a business. He's doing it for things like, well, how do we, we fix the world? He's a very entertaining chap. The thing that struck me was he speaks faster than we do, Ed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, so if anyone wants to check it out, the the, the organisation is called TaxWatchUK.org. Um, and, you know, and, and instead of like the horrible misrepresentation mandate free of the Taxpayers Alliance, um, you would do far better to go to TaxWatchUK.org because that's where uh, Julian is funding this not-for-profit think tank to actually look at how we tighten compliance on tax law for corporates. It strikes me as one of those things entirely at the whim of the news agenda where it was a big story for a bit and Starbucks was in the news for quite a while about it and then it drifts off and nobody thinks about it again and Starbucks bring the Christmas cups out and everyone goes, ooh. Yeah, I mean, he, he said, he goes, I, I don't mind paying tax at all because what annoys me is everyone else getting away with it mm. and not paying it. Yes, and I think that is a, a pernicious thing that leads to businesses and individuals, not naming any names, um, thinking, well, everyone I deal with and everyone at the receptions I go to is telling me that they're on this scheme, so maybe I'm the only person paying my tax properly. And I'll tell you who's paying their tax properly is people who don't have a fucking choice about it, people who yeah, aren't yeah. self-employed and aren't businesses and just get their paycheck and get told this yeah. big fistful has come out. And everybody else who earns more money gets to decide, well, let's negotiate. Let's let's have a little chat yeah. about that percentage, shall we? Or you can speak to my accountants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you've both had a wonderful week. You say name names. You say we won't, won't name any names about people who are dodging tax, but shall we? Well, uh, go on. So just, just in technology, Adobe, Amazon, Alphabet and Google, Cisco, Meta, Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Go to the tax watch. There you are. Yeah. Oh, that was great. I thought you meant individuals who I perhaps have had a working relationship with in the past. Oh, no. Oh, well, you meant Jimmy Carr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gary Barlow. Yes. Yeah, people like that. People like that. It's, it's not like this is not in the public domain, is it? No. No, no it's not. But I made a choice to continue working in yeah. this environment, and therefore yes. I feel I have solid my voice on it. Yes. Okay. Well, it's all right. I'm not going to work with Jimmy Carr. So, uh, Jimmy Carr. Tax avoiding part. 
he would have you know that he's paid all that tax back. Well, that's very good of him. Would it be good if he paid it in the first place, wouldn't it? Yes, quite. Apparently, that's one of the reasons why people go on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. It's because of how much more better HMRC has got at clawing back, you know, creative tax avoidance from people in show business and presenting them sort of with, with retrospective bills. And they go, oh, shit, I'm going to go and have to eat a camel penis now in order to pay my tax bill. <laughs> oh, God. Right, well, I've, as far as I'm concerned, I'm up to date with my taxes, so any camel penises I eat are entirely my own choice. Wow. <laughs> if you see me eating a camel dick in the street, then I want you to know that was my choice. I wanted that. Well, speaking of vegan camel dicks, did you cook your banana blossom? Well, I... Stop, well, sorry, can I just stop you there? <laughs> what a sentence that was. <laughs> Speaking of vegan camel dicks, did you cook your banana blossom? Do you imagine oh, yeah. somebody who just, you know, who just passing heard a friend listening to this podcast had never heard anything about it, didn't know what it was, yeah. and just heard that sentence come out of, you know, a speaker? They're not saying that on the rest of <laughs> politics, are they? No, it's what they're, that's what they're all eating at COP28 in the canapes because, you know, that's the more sustainable option. Yes, I would love to. Uh, well, I'm an hour. We'll get your views uh, as soon as possible on COP. Quick banana blossom update. I <laughs> got the can out of the cupboard to cook a curry yesterday and realised the can went out of date in May uh, 2022. <laughs> That's fine. Um, That's fine. I think it's probably all right, but yeah. I didn't want to risk it before I was going out. Uh, I opened the can, drained the can. I will eat it because I think canned food lasts forever, and I'm basing that scientific statement on The Walking Dead where they find a can and it's all right. <laughs> I got it out. It's um, it's basically jackfruit is what it is in, right. in texture, smell, feel. It's jackfruit, but it looks like a spider because it's all attached to one thing and it's long spindly bits, and that upset me slightly. Um, but- <laughs> oh, my God, it's a banana spider. They put the banana spider in the can by mistake. Yeah, I opened the can and I was like, oh, it's just bloody jackfruit. And I pulled it and it carried on coming in one long attached bit. And I was like, um, So I'll do some chopping up of it. I probably will have a go of it, but I will eat it probably on a day when I don't have anything to do later on, <laughs> just in case I violently shit myself. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's a regular It's a regular part of the vegan diet. I, I view it as one of the perks. <laughs> the regular free sort of colonic I get from the amount of fibre in my diet. <laughs> but we shouldn't discuss my anus anymore. Should we get to um, <laughs> should we get to some listener emails, which I'm Please. delighted to say none of which reference my anus at all, unless there's some kind of coded reference that I've missed. So should we start with Martin because we've referenced him so much? Yes. We could start with Martin. I mean, I, I don't disagree with Martin. First time email. I'm not expecting this to be read. Wallop. There you go. <laughs> Already exceeded expectations. Hope you don't mind some feedback over the last year. I've been listening to all your episodes. This plus other influences has made a big difference in my life. So a massive thank you. I've joined Greenpeace and left a 36 year career in banking in part due to a clash in values. I'm making other changes to make my life more sustainable. Bravo. Well, done. Uh, I recently enjoyed my first visit to a People Planet Pint meeting in Guildford. Great chatting over a number of issues. And to my surprise, only found one other listener at the meeting. I sang the praises for the podcast. So hopefully a few more. This is going incredibly well, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. is email of the week, possibly of the series territory. Anyway, <laughs> my feedback. 
<laughs> I found that the current series, Series 5, is not quite up to your high standards. It Ooh. seems to be leaning more towards the comical element for the three of you at the expense of your fantastic insight and analysis on important issues. The balance seems slightly out of kilter. Stick to what you do individually so well. Often a topic you raise is the level of swearing. I don't have an issue with bad language, but I do find the level and frequency too much. In the same way, I find it to be cheap humour when overused by comedians. I felt that was personal. Uh, it's less impactful the more it is used at the risk of alienating some people. I only raise this as I passionately believe in the value of your podcast. Thank you, Martin. I don't mind any of that. I think it's fair enough. Oh, well, you know what? I We're saving you to last. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. Okay, all right. <laughs> Go on. Ed and I are fine with it. Go on. No, Do no, him. I, I Do him. <laughs> Get him. No, no, no. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a fair point. I just think it's a bit, you know, when you say you, you, you're leaning towards the comedic, I mean, it is called John Richardson and the Future Noise, you know, isn't it? It's like, I mean, you are like a comedian. That's what I am a brand do. name for comedy. And indeed, I think probably most of our listeners have come here, you know, despite mine and Ed's many talents, I think the majority of people arrive at this podcast because they've heard of you, not us. So, uh, so I think, you know, I, 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 I think he was basically saying is like, yeah, okay. John Richardson, the future not, but could we have a bit less of the John? Uh, and actually, now I think about it, I'm I'm really up for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you, mine, mine. I'm there. <laughs> well, I was wondering whether we should rename the podcast because you know, if the future Noughts with featuring John Richardson or with yeah. John Richardson. Oh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'm well up for that. I was looking at the podcast chart, you know, and then all oh, the top of the chart is like all the podcasts are called the rest is something. Right. So it's like you know, you've got the rest is politics the rest is history the rest is football so i think we either need to kind of like piggyback on that and like yeah. just totally we have to change our name to the rest is something like the rest is derivative or, yeah. or something yeah. like that uh <laughs> that's that's a coded joke there gentlemen um and you know, do you know what I, I love what you've done there because martin said you shouldn't be quite so funny and immediately you've been not very funny uh and I, <laughs> that, that kind of speed and response to our, our listeners, I think, is one of the things that people like about this show. I mean, instant sort of, you know, editorial change from you being even less funny than you normally are, which, to be honest, is a pretty low bar. Great. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good mix on this series, isn't there, I think. But, I mean, we are five series in, aren't we, with, with lots to talk about. I actually think this episode has been very good so far. So perhaps perhaps it has... Um, forced us into a, a, a upping it a gear I, I i i would only add that in terms of you know what you're looking for in terms of insight i was very clear from the beginning that i am unable to provide any of that so any issue you have with the content of the podcast is with mark and ed and i am a <laughs> fucking idiot and i should continue to be so a potty mouthed dirty little moron <laughs> And the future noughts. That's our new title. A potty man a little more on the And the rest is bullshit. <laughs> the Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick... From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. 
Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. An update from Adam at People Planet Pint. Yes. Thank you for the People Planet Pint Fight Shite rebrand. Uh, I'll get shopping for domains. Hopefully not too many fights break out. So far, we've not had any. Perhaps COP28 is when that all changes. However, your suggested branding changes did remind me of what one of the signs ended up saying at our Glasgow meeting a while ago. See attached, People Planet Pain, (laughs) 7 (laughs) p.m. Perhaps a more accurate reflection of the climate crisis. Thanks for the love. Just wanted to give a quick update. We're now at 90 cities, just crossed 10,000 attendees members. Someone from Melbourne recently got in touch to host one there after hearing about it on the podcast. So a big thanks for that. Congratulations, the two of you. Well, congratulations to Adam for starting the thing. But um, yeah, anything we can do in terms of mutual uh, reciprocity and and reinforcement. But yeah, 10,000 attendees in 90 cities, that's amazing. I was very proud to see one in Lancaster when I went on the website uh, recently. I'm constantly looking for one to get to. And I'm Mm. proud that the people of my hometown have taken up the uh, mantle. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to find one to get to as well. But yeah, I'm quite busy. That's a problem. Yeah, let's all get to one. What, together? Yeah, well, we have got to find somewhere to do the live show to conclude the series. So maybe yes. maybe we can find a People Planet Pint who will host us for a pod in Feb. People Planet Pint Pod. People Feb. Planet Pint Pod, perhaps. People peramble popularly to it. Pissed people pontificating on a pod at People Planet Pint. Got to start with P after that, isn't it? Peterborough is roughly in the middle of all of us, isn't it? Should we look at Peterborough? Yeah. Um, Um, Plymouth. Yeah. But uh, there's plenty on the website. Penrith. Penrith. Lovely nod to uh, any fans of Withnail and I. Mm -hmm. Um, Come on holiday by mistake. (laughs) Penrith. Yeah, we've done a a podcast by mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Are you the the farmer, Martin? Just a little joke for Withnell fans out there. Martin is a good man who's trying to steer us towards being better. Thank you, Martin. Let's. Uh, that feels a perfect line. Uh, talking about uh, moving forward together and being better. Your thoughts on uh, COP happening at the moment as we record in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, any cop which is held and chaired in a petro state is going to be uh, an interesting one. I mean, I think we've said this before, haven't we? It's like 
if if the conference of the parties was really delivering what it had to do, then you know we're here on COP twenty eight without the necessary breakthrough. What we really need to see. Uh, which I think is unlikely, unfortunately, is a very clear articulation of a, a phase out of fossil fuels. Now, given the fact that it's hosted in Dubai um, and that the surreptitious oil deals were being done in the run-up uh, to the event, I think that's highly unlikely. And what we'll probably end up with is some horribly mealy-mouthed wording around something like uh, phasing down of unabated emissions, which basically means we can carry on burning stuff um, as long as we suck the carbon out or use carbon capture and storage or, or sequestration in some way. So mm. uh, I, I don't hold out much hope, but hey, you know, surprises do happen. You never know. And so uh, don't hold your breath, ladies and gents, but um, there is an enormous, you know, international bun fight going on over the next fortnight. Um, and we might get a, a shock. Hmm, we might. I mean, I think what we're like to see from the fossil fuel companies is a commitment to do something about their methane, uh, which is a really big accelerator of, of climate. And actually, if we, got, if we did a lot with that quite quickly, we, we could buy ourselves um, quite a lot of time. So that, I think that's probably the most practical and optimistic thing we can hope to have out of this COP would be like a, a real sort of commitment to them doing something about their methane flaring. And if that happened, that would be something. I was very surprised on the radio this morning, I heard that farming and food are exempt from current sort of COP guidelines and targets. Well, this is the thing. I think we're we're often shocked about the stuff that we assume is always part of the process, mm. um, but has been given a sort of get out of climate change jail free um, pass card. And so that's that's part of the issue. Is like you know most people assume that um, you know wording about fossil fuels was in the, the declarations for years, but it wasn't. It only really appeared at Glasgow. Uh, you know, it's the first time it was sort of overtly mentioned about we might actually have to look towards a phasing down of coal. So yes, it's it, it it's it's difficult when some of those big areas of impact are not actually included in the the national declared contributions. But yeah, we will hopefully see some movement on those. Mm, I mean, especially when you realise that you know, depending on which study you look at, between thirty to fifty percent of the carbon in the atmosphere has come from our soil not from burning yeah. fossil fuels, you know, lost through sort of poor agriculture, basically. Um, and actually some of the projects that I'm working on are trying to help reverse that. So in fact, I'm off to speak to another billionaire for lunch about just this matter. God, is that your hat trick of billionaires? It's, yeah, it's a hat trick of billionaires. Yeah. What do, what, do, what, what, what do you do when you get a hat trick? What do you do? I think you get to keep one of them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> or is it three strikes and you're out? I don't know. So, you know, uh, three strikes now, you're totally compromised. All right, you're done. okay. Oh, yeah, you think I've been captured? Yeah, 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 definitely. Is it time to phase away from food? Could that be an option? <laughs> <laughs> phase down croissants. That's what yeah, they're coming out with for crop. Stop eating. An email from Jen who says, uh, Dear everyone, that's a nice word. That encompasses all the listeners as well as ourselves and Emma. Dear everyone in the world, Ed said in the last episode about bananas, he didn't get a cat because of the wildlife. I found myself in a real bind when three years ago, my friend was about to take her cat to the RSPCA for rehoming. The cat no longer got along with the toddlers in the house. Oh, I mean, that's a short sentence, but uh, there's a story behind that. Isn't there? The cat was hunting her children. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for the cat. So I 
brought her in, but being the avid environmentalist I am, I had difficulty with her hunting. I asked my friend if she caught much when she lived with them in Bristol, and the answer was no. I live in the middle of the countryside, so I guess for the cat it was a veritable bonanza, and most nights she would bring in something and it broke my heart. It was getting ridiculous. One night she brought four mice into the house. This obviously didn't sit well with me, so I assassinated the cat. No, <laughs> I did my research and they did a recent study at Exeter University where they said for a lot of cats, the instinct was strong, but there was things you could do to override it. I changed my cat's diet. So she was eating in the evening before going out hunting. So I had no desire for protein. I also incorporated a lot of play into the day so that she had no desire for chasing small furry things because I had exercised that out of her. I think it cost me about an hour a day but I don't think I've had a dead animal for months now. Sometimes I get a protest kill when I haven't been playing with <laughs> A protest kill. <laughs> Insane pets, aren't yeah. they, cats? <laughs> what a fucking sentence to have in your vocabulary about a pet that you have in your house. I get a protest yeah. kill if I don't play with her. I mean, the day Elsie gets to that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't play with me, so I killed the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> so you oh, wake up to find a hamster's head in your bed. <laughs> like, like a sort of mafia horse. <laughs> <laughs> I would say largely she is a changed cat. Do not let the hunting put you off getting a cat because they're amazing pets. If you're prepared to put in the time and effort into your animal, you could have a very rewarding relationship minus the mass murder. I love the podcast. <laughs> At the ripe old age of 39, I've just gained a first in environmental science from the Open University. Oh, well done. My initial dream, age 26, to be a conservationist has been somewhat derailed by multiple sclerosis taking my mobility in the last decade. I finished the degree anyway and have enjoyed learning it won't go to waste i'll have to think outside the box as i'm facing physical challenges these days keep up the good work anyways best wishes jen oh, cracking email that's a cracking email i tell you what though she may have just got like you know her qualification but i have to say that i think her analysis skills are a little lacking oh because she, she said it, it, it's a changed cat and it's like no it's not you're a changed owner like because it, it does a protest kill it reminds you, I haven't changed at all. I am still the murderous bastard you brought into this house unless you give me what I want. The cat hasn't changed, Jen. The cat hasn't changed. You have been schooled. <laughs> Whoa. I wish we lived in a world where we could get the similar story told from the cat's point of view. If we could get the cat to email in. I was living with a family, but uh, the kids were dicks, so I voluntarily moved to another house, and I've subsequently trained my owner um, into now playing with me and feeding me when I want to be fed an increased protein diet. Love the pod. <laughs> exactly. if, she doesn't, if he doesn't play ball, then I just do some sacrifices. Yeah. I'll go out into the fields. Uh, Jen, keep in touch. Um, it's a wonderful thing you've done, and I look forward to following your journey. That's it for this week's listeners' feedback special. There are other emails which we'll get to in time, but if you would like to get in touch, then here's how to do so. Our email address is hello at johnandthefuturenauts.com what's our twitter handle ed at j and the f and if you want to find like-minded people in the real world why not type in people planet pint our official partner for j and the f listeners to get together in pubs save the planet and drink beer and what way could we possibly end but having teased it all the way through no, I'm not going to down a can of two-year out-of-date banana blossom and vomit <laughs> at the end of the podcast. I might vomit. Let's see. Shall we end with your poem, Mark? No.
<laughs> he he beat me to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's actually a lot of it's about my my family. But there's a bit there's a bit at the end I quite like, which is about essentially like you know you your life is is only yours and your only and and I wrote the last four lines are your life is your cathedral and it's your tomb, it's your Michelangelo and it's the womb. So I think it's quite nice. Oh, very mm. nice. And tune in next week where I will be talking about my extremely difficult first prog album. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's been an absolute pleasure. We are on a journey together, you and us. We fuckity are, aren't we, Martin? (laughs) (laughs) We welcome your feedback. Uh, We take all the emails on board uh, and it's a pleasure to feel part of a show that uh, has a good relationship with its listeners, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep listening, or the rodents get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.